On today's show, the fallout from the Damian Lillard to Milwaukee trade continues, and we're now starting to see the reports. How did Damian Lillard react? How did Giannis react? And uh, we need to uh, ask the question about how lucky were the Bucks in this trade scenario? What happened with Miami? And uh, the idea of risk when it comes to bringing in a superstar like Damian Lillard. I'm hearing a lot of people talk about risk, but is there any risk? What else were the Bucks supposed to do? Let's get into it. Max him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win ESPN and alongside me from the Bucks Radio Network, a guy whose job just got very, very interesting 24 hours ago. It's Justin Garcia for today's episode that's brought to you by DoorDash. Uh, we thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every weekday as we continue to ramp up towards the regular season with perhaps more fascination than ever about the Milwaukee Bucks and Damian Lillard and Giannis and everything that went on over the last 24 hours. So we appreciate all the support for the show. Big numbers, no, not surprisingly, over the last 24 hours. If you're new to the show, uh, make sure you subscribe, drop a like, comment. Let us know how you're feeling one day after this blockbuster trade went down. Uh, your support helps the show continue to grow. It's free to do all those things, so we really appreciate it. Uh, one man I haven't spoke to, though, is Justin. We had a podcast yesterday with Camille. We had a podcast with Frank. If you missed them somehow, go back and check them out. But uh, Justin, this was obviously a massive day and we have the benefit now, 24 hours after the trade, to read a few of the reports that are starting to come out and and how all this trade went down. There's a terrific story that just came out from Chris Haynes over at Bleacher Report. We'll talk about that a little bit throughout this podcast. But the one thing that is coming out from this trade is things got very, very sour between Portland and Miami. The door was shut there and for the Bucks. That's worked out perfectly if you're trying to acquire a player the caliber of Damian Lillard. Well, um, yeah, and the other thing that came out, the more surprise, well, I don't know if surprising is the right word, but at least the newer revelation is things got very, very sour between Damian Lillard and Portland as well in that yeah. uh, Chris Haynes story. Um, but yeah, and, and look, I I know my initial reaction. I heard some of, of you with Camille and and with Frank as well. When this first happened, my immediate reaction was that like this doesn't seem like a great package on the surface. Like this doesn't seem like this would have been the best offer available. And maybe this was a move that was made out of spite um, in the day since to kind of process it more, the more that you look at it, like, no, this is actually, this is a good deal because Portland is, is betting that Milwaukee is going to be bad at the end of the decade. And that, you know what 28 is when they start to own the bucks draft capital drew or not drew damian lillard's no longer under contract who knows where Giannis is going to be at and i just keep coming back to i talked about this with somebody else a couple of, of days ago uh before we knew the bucks were in this you know the thing about the heat draft picks when you look at the package that that they would reportedly offer 
is I just don't know what those picks are going to be. Since Pat Riley arrived there basically 30 years ago, they missed the playoffs six times, and only three of those years were they a bottom 10 seed. It's a pretty well-run organization. It's in a city where players want to go to. They never have a problem attracting people, even what you know their cap situation, no matter what their cap situation is. So I think that was probably one of the big things with Portland, not only the, the whole Tyler Hero piece, but like, yeah, we might get draft picks from Miami, but like, what are those picks really going to be when this has been a very stable franchise for decades? And, you know, it's not to say the Bucks are not a stable franchise, but it's a much different scenario. So I get that. And then also when you, you just, number one, add the Drew mix in there with that you're going to get some more assets dealing him. But I think the biggest thing that may ultimately prove to be the biggest thing that benefited the Bucks here was this untenable relationship between DeAndre Ayton and the Suns, because without that, the Bucs don't have enough assets. I don't think Portland is doing this move if it's just a two-team deal and they're not getting a big man or they're not getting a, a player like DeAndre Ayton. It's just go ahead and trade Drew Holiday and, and you'll own our draft at the end of the decade. So we have got now, and this was specifically from that uh, story from Chris Haynes at Bleacher Report, some reaction from Giannis, reaction from Damian Lillard. So we're going to get to that because I do think it's fascinating. Both guys in a situation they haven't been in before – playing with a superstar talent alongside them that now they believe they are uh, one of the title contenders, even though the Bucs have obviously been in the mix the last few years with the roster uh, they did have. But this is a change. And ultimately, if you go by various other reports, Damian Lillard was sent to a destination that maybe wasn't his primary place that he wanted to go to. That was Miami, which has been well publicized for a while. But he did go to a place that I think he's pretty comfortable with coming to. And you saw that from some of the other reports that came out yesterday that maybe it got down to a situation where Lillard said, okay, well, I I would entertain Milwaukee or Brooklyn. But the one thing that the Bucs do have that the Nets don't have is Giannis and a superstar player. And again, I don't know how attractive it was to Damian Lillard to go to another destination where he is by far and away the best player again. And he's carrying everything that the team is doing at 33 years of age. Now he's alongside Giannis. Those two guys work together, you know, as we pointed out in the show. Clearly still Giannis's team, but there's going to be benefits to playing alongside Damian Lillard. But if you're the Portland Trailblazers, you say, all right, well, everyone just assumes he's going to Miami. He's That's where the trade request is too. Miami, the communication broke down straight away. So this is a situation where we've seen players over the last few years start to dictate exactly where they're going and how trades are going to go down. This is one of the first kind of situations to this extent where we've seen the team push back and said, hey, hey, no, 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 you don't just get to pick and choose where you're going. Because if you remember back a couple of months ago, the league got involved with the players requesting specific destinations and manipulating the trade. So it's an interesting little shift. Yeah, I mean, is is this a shift or is this a one-off? I guess is is the question. question. And, um, you know, like, I, the more you think about this, and I know I said I, I kind of changed course and, and feeling like this was a, a spite move. I, I think it started that way, certainly for Portland, of, you know, you don't get to dictate this. You either choose the money or you choose where you want to play. And you chose the money. The reality is that the Blazers should have traded Damian Lillard two years ago, or, or at least before he signed that extension. And I, I think they're kind of dealing with that. And we've seen a, a number of franchises kind of wait too long and um, like look at 
look at the Wizards with Bradley Beal and how long that took. And, and the fact that he had a no trade kind of complicated that. Um, but even guys like CJ McCollum that you, you paired Damian Lillard with um, and then eventually moving him, they just tried and tried and it didn't work. And that's when you know it's just time to move on. So I think they waited too long. And I think Joe Cronin was cognizant of that towards the end, especially with the reports in that Chris Haynes story that, you know, once it became clear there isn't going to be a deal to Miami, that he he just said, okay, I'll resend the trade request. And it was just, we've already moved on. That's that's not happening. But I think it may have started as that of you don't get to dictate this. But, you know, things like the whole Tyler Hero piece may have been overblown. I'm not saying, I, I, I'm i not going to say nobody is saying, but for the most part, you're not trying to say Tyler Hero is a bad player and that's what makes it a bad asset. The Blazers don't need Tyler Hero. They already, they're flush at that position. And you could say, well, why do they need Drew Holiday if he plays a similar position and he's a vet? Drew Holiday is going to bring you more in a trade than Tyler Hero is, even with the contract uncertainty. So I think it probably started as that, you know what? No, like for as many Bucks fans I want to point to, well, this was two small market teams working together to help each other out. Maybe there's a small component to that. It started as a, we're going to dig in our heels and you don't get to win this one. But I think the more they examined it, the more that's where you start to see this heat deal just doesn't make sense for us and what we're trying to do. Let's wait and see what else we can get. And that's the other thing that's worth pointing out too, is I wonder what this does for cadence of deals because Joe Cronin was laughed at by everyone and especially heat fans, some Blazers fans as well of why is this taking so long, but it it proved that waiting and holding on to the asset maybe not as long as we said before, but waiting it out through the summer and waiting until you get close to the off or to the start of the season to see what the other offers are proved to be the right course for the Blazers. I think it's interesting when you have a player that's given so much time and service to a franchise and no, they didn't get the ultimate. They didn't get an NBA title, but they did have a lot of success together. He's a much beloved athlete in that city. And I think it's going to be fascinating because we've had similar discussions with Giannis. What would you do down the line if he said, hey, I want to be traded to this team? I've always leant towards, I would look after Giannis. If, if he wants to go somewhere, I would do it because of everything he's given to the franchise. But that's clearly not in the best interest of the business. And I'm catching up with Locked On Blazers a little bit uh, in a couple of hours here. And I'm fascinated to know what the reaction is from there and what this last sort of couple of day period has done. Uh, clearly, still they love Damian Lillard. But it's an interesting pushback because I think that is a difficult decision to make for a business. Yeah, I'm I'm in agreement in a sense with the, you know, if, if it comes to that and Giannis would present a, I'd like to move on and, and trade me to this team. Right now, I, w- I agree with you that do what's right by Giannis for everything that he brought to this franchise. Um, but when it actually happens, I don't know if that's how I would feel. Like Mike Tyson always said that everybody's got a plan until they're punched in the mouth. It's it's also like you may prep yourself for, yeah, we, we should do that. But once it happens, you still don't know how you're going to react to that. Uh, that. And we'll see what the Portland Trailblazers uh, fans are thinking on that crossover podcast with the Locked On Blazers a little bit later today. But what about the reaction from Giannis and Damian Lillard? We have seen uh, some quotes surface here in the last couple of hours. And unsurprisingly, mixed emotions for Giannis uh, with Drew Holiday, obviously, exiting and everything those guys have been through. So we're going to talk about the reaction of those two next. And I'm going to ask Justin whether he thinks that there is any major risk 
with making this trade for the Milwaukee Bucks. So plenty more still to come. But now we're going to talk about DoorDash. And uh, look, uh, there's nothing worse than if you're at home and you're trying to put together a, a recipe or you're just trying to have a simple snack, but you don't have the ingredients. You might be missing the syrup for your pancakes or maybe you just run out of your favorite coffee creamer. With DoorDash Grocery Delivery, you can get what you want right when you need it. If you need the fresh groceries for the week but don't have time to go to the store, you can try grocery delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. So get 50% off your first DoorDash order up to 20 bucks value when you use the code LOCKEDONNBA at checkout. Limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off, 20 bucks. No minimum subtotal there and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget that's code LOCKEDONNBA for 50% off your first order with DoorDash. Media day, not too far away from the Bucks. That's coming up early next week. So the reaction from that is going to continue. You're going to see Damian Lillard in a, a Milwaukee Bucks colors at the very least, which is going to be exciting for everyone. Uh, before we get to the reaction from uh, Lillard and Giannis to this trade, again, from this story in Bleacher Report, uh, Damian Lillard jersey is already up in the Bucks store. He's going to be wearing number zero. Uh, Marjan Beauchamp, does, he's only been in the league for one year. Does he have any claims to try and say, yeah, yeah, give us some cash here or, or let's work something out? Um, I mean, I'm sure he'll be asked that on Monday. But uh, that's right. I mean, I, I would think he would get at least something, especially knowing the character guy that, that Dame is. So lucky for Marjan that, uh, that he was wearing a number that, that Damian Lillard has made famous. I think that's right. It does feel like a little rite of passage, though, doesn't it? When you get a superstar like that, Dame has to wear his number. Uh, unless it was, you know, if he was wearing 34, there might be some issues and then they well, would have could, to uh, make a change. Could you imagine that that call, too, that John Horst has of, hey, uh, Dame, Marjan wants to keep zero? And he said, no matter how much money you offer, he's keeping it. It'll be an interesting uh, next thing, Marjan Bochamps on the trade block. Uh, it would be an interesting interesting conversation to have. But number zero, Damian Lillard in Milwaukee, that's going to be exciting. So let's get to, uh, I've got one quote here, and I, I don't want to show too much from the story because uh, everyone should go and read it for themselves if you haven't done so yet. Uh, but Giannis clearly uh, mixed emotions with Drew Holiday moving uh, away from the Bucks, everything they had been through. I just wanted to pull up this one quote here. This is Giannis on Drew Holiday or the trade. It's a bittersweet day for the city of Milwaukee. You get Dame, who is a great player, but you lose a great guy. Drew took us to the promised land. I'm 10 years in now. I know it's a business. At the end of the day, Drew will always be my brother for life. He's one of the best human beings I've ever been around. But we've got to focus on the goal to win a championship. Dame wants this. He's hungry to win. He's going to push us. I'm very happy to have him on our team. And I think that quote almost... And clearly, we don't have the personal connection that, that Giannis does from being in the same locker room. But I think it's the I think it's a quote that perfectly enca- encapsulates how the majority of Bucks fans are feeling. You do have a genuine sadness that Drew Holiday isn't going to be in Milwaukee anymore because he's so likable and just a damn fantastic player. But when the Bucks put up that clip yesterday of Drew Holiday and he being silly and all the laughs and all the stories and then the highlights from the title. It's hard not to to get a little bit sad about the fact he's not going to be around. But then you quickly think to, okay, well, Dame's going to be here. And what will it look like if Dame, after all the time he's been in the league, wins his first championship? And that's where the mixed emotions come from. Yeah, for me, it was it's the opposite where you start with the like, oh my God, they, they got Damian Lillard and then walking right, through all right. 
the scenarios and like, how do you defend these pick and rolls and all the positives? And then it, it's, it dawns on you of what way this was the price that we paid to get Dame. And, um, and yeah, I mean, Drew is, I mean, number one, I don't know Damian Lillard personally, but uh, seems like he and Drew are very similar in terms of their character. And they're the, the only two recipients in the last, what, I think five years of the teammate of the year award. But you know, for Drew, I was glad to see that as as the almost universal reaction by Bucks fans of this excitement and, and how jubilant they were. But then also the man, this is such a bummer to, to have to lose Drew Holiday and recognizing everything that he did here in a short period of time. And you know, for Drew and, and Giannis pointed points it out in the article too. The Bucks don't win a title without Drew and without making that change. Um, and, and he's also going to be a, a guy that's remembered for decades or more really because he is a part of two of the biggest plays in bucks playoff history yes he is and i'm curious to get the reactions and the thoughts of our listeners and viewers as they continue to watch this 24 hours on how how do you feel about it because we're going to ask about the idea of risk i just did a nba series preview show on lockdown that you'll be able to catch there and and that's a big talking point and if you are listening to other podcasts there are people saying Okay, uh, you know, are you concerned though about the Bucks? What is the concern? Should they have made this move? To me, I still think it's a no-brainer. But I want to ask you in just a little bit. But have Giannis and Dame Lillard been in contact? Well, going by this story, they have. Giannis sent Dame a text and said, "Let's go get this effing championship." And I think again, this is the roller coaster as you work through this. You read it like, okay, that's sad. Then you read Dame and he says, well, I've never been in this situation before. You get a little bit more fired up. You think about what he can do for this team. And then you see Giannis texting him saying, let's go get this effing championship. And then you're fired up. You're like, okay, forget the preseason. Forget the whole regular season. Let's get to the playoffs now. I want to see these guys go on a long run to the title. So they do seem, again, from the outside, character-wise, guys that are that are similar. They've been loyal. They've tried to do this the hard way. Giannis has, and they won a title in Milwaukee. Damien uh, Lillard now, you know, potentially in that position there. But the high character, the high work ethic, the loyalty, it just feels like two guys together, like they are going to drive each other, and and it's exciting. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it feels like a perfect fit. And I know so much of this team's identity – for the last five years has has been defense, and I that that is obviously where the questions are. And when you would bring up risks, that's the number one. Of you know, we were very limited as as it was in terms of our our bigger defenders on the perimeter that you would look at as your stopper. And, and by limited, I mean it was basically Drew. I think we're in wait and see mode with Chris after you know a, a full off season and everything he's been through the last two years. So we'll see where he's at. But that's the big question mark is, you know, we didn't have many to begin with and now it's gone. So what is that going to mean for our defense? It, it seems like the prevailing thought is, well, you got Giannis and you got Brooks, so you have rim protection and everything will kind of flow out from that, that you you won't be bad. Maybe you'll be in that 10 to 15 range. And you know, maybe that's the case, but who knows? To me, it just, it 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 comes down to the fact that this was a move I think you had to make for a number of reasons. Number one being, we've talked about this numerous times, the offense has been the issue for the last five years. That you know That's where the, the issues have come in the playoffs in half court, that this offense just has not been good enough. And I, I don't know if the numbers back it up, but it, it seems like it's gotten progressively worse 
each postseason. You won the title in 21, despite having a, a pretty horrific half-court offense. It was just how elite your defense was, and you, you just made the right plays at the right time. So this addresses that. But you know, also the the position the Bucks were in, you're maybe not all the way in, but you're pretty close to it already. That at that point, you might as well just jump all the way into the deep end. That's going to be easier to do than to try and undo some of those moves of how do we thread this needle? Like when you got Giannis, the chances are you are not going to get another player of Giannis's caliber in another 50 year span, really it was when you look at where this franchise was for the last 50 years. So while you have him, you have to do everything to make sure you're at that level and getting better and, and still a title contender. And this move certainly does that. So I, I get that you have some questions about defense. I don't really have those questions about depth. I've seen people kick those around as, as much as we liked Grayson Allen. I maybe was his biggest fan, but Grayson Allen is not necessarily postseason depth. So that part I'm not too concerned with. I think it's it's a big pill to swallow to, to give up all of your draft at the end of the decade when the chances are neither Dame or Giannis will be on this team. Uh, but it's a move that I, I think you had to do to keep this, this team in the position that they're in. And it, it could prove to have a lot of ripple effects. We're going to talk about not only Giannis potentially staying because you pair him up with Dame, but what that does for the rest of the conference of – not only did the Heat get him, and that would have made them better than you, but maybe the Heat were saying, well, this is too much to ask for Dame. Why don't we just keep all of these assets and we'll see if we can get Giannis? Well, if you keep Giannis, that doesn't happen. And then maybe the Heat move on to somebody else, and then that hurts that team. So right now, the Bucks are the winners, and maybe the only winners in the short term, but this may have some long-term benefits to the Bucks as well. All right, let's continue that conversation next because I did get asked a question about Brooke Lopez uh, just in the last hour or so here. And I do think it's fascinating because I think there are questions for this Bucks team beyond the draft capital, which I just personally don't care about. It's 2028. The Bucks have Giannis and Dame Lillard right now. And I think it's a move that you had to make. So let's get to the question around uh, some of that defensive stuff, specifically Brooke Lopez next. Brooke Lopez a defensive player of the year candidate, completely transformed his game over the last five years and has been steady as a rock, as a rim protector uh, throughout, outside of the one year there where he was recovering from uh, the back surgery. Uh, we know the age. And I, I questioned on this podcast last week, as one of the biggest questions for the Bucks moving forward into the season, pre-Damian uh, Lillard trade, was can Brooke Lopez repeat what he did last year on both ends of the floor? I think his best career, uh, season of his career so far, I thought he was absolutely outstanding. But Adam Maris of uh, Locked On Nuggets and also DNVR does an unbelievable job over there. The question he asked me was around Brooke Lopez defensively because there is an idea that, okay, well, you've got Giannis and Brooke, so there should be a level of defensive competence that should have you probably in the top half of the league. And if you've got a top five offense, maybe that's enough to win a title. Because I think back to the series against Miami, and you say, well, the offense was a problem, but it wasn't a problem for three quarters. The Bucs were in a winning position in almost every single one of those games, and there was just a complete lack of ability to just get anything going offensively. Just It, it, it was disastrous. 
if you had Damian Lillard, you feel like that would have changed and they would have been able to... The series would have been different, but you feel like they would have been in a better position for fourth quarter offense. But what about defensively, though? Because if you think about the way the Bucs have been able to maximize Brook Lopez, and this has been an argument we've had on this podcast a lot. A lot of people sit there and say, well, oh, drop, drop coverage, drop defense. Uh, it's making it too easy. They're giving up threes. They're letting guys get into the paint. But that was maximizing Brook Lopez. But a reason why you're able to do that is because you've got Eric Bledsoe and Drew Holiday who are absolutely elite perimeter defensive guards. You just don't have that anymore. So it's okay to say, what does the perimeter defense look like? You lose Drew Holiday. But is there a ripple effect with Giannis and Brook Lopez? And I think that this is something the Bucks you take into account. They would have been thinking about this for weeks and what does it look like? Ultimately, I still think you, the trade is a no-brainer. But it's going to be a watch, particularly with a new head coach in Adrian Griffin, to see how he can maximize the skill sets of the players that he has on the defensive side of the ball. Because if you're around mid-pack, I think it's okay. You can't afford to be a bottom 10 defense because you're just not contending at that point in time. Yeah. Um, So there's a couple of things with that. I mean, number one, to your point about the the playoffs and, and what we saw, it did seem like that was kind of the constant though, that once it got to crunch time is where the offense just completely would, would fall apart. And unless it was one of those games where there was no offense to begin with, like all seven games, it felt like of that Celtics series a year ago. Um, so Dame number one is going to solve that. But part of the issue too was, you know, for as good as Drew was defensively, we saw the offense in the postseason was was Frank pointed this out too. The numbers were basically identical in terms of his true shooting percentage to what Eric Bledsoe gave you. And that was really one of the big issues. I'm not putting it all on, on Drew Holiday, but you can get stops on one end. But if you're not doing anything with that, it, it felt like that was just untenable, that the Bucks would hold on and hold on. But you couldn't hang on to the rope that entire time. And sooner or later, the other team would hit shots because I, I think the other thing that, that you'll hear quite often is good offense is going to, is going to be good defense every time. So this is also a gamble uh, on that, but I think, you know, I mentioned it and you just did as well. The, the point of well, you, you have Giannis and, and Brooke as your rim protectors to kind of take away the easy stuff. Um, but I do wonder if this move also signals Giannis, we certainly don't need you to have a high thirties usage rate. We got a guy that is a better offensive player than you not to say like, you're going to take a huge hit, but you can save yourself a little more. We need you to be more of a force on defense. And maybe this means Giannis is going to take some of those assignments. When you look back at what he did against Jimmy Butler, when they won the title and, and how he wasn't the defender, but maybe we'll see some of those assignments. I'm certainly not going to say all, uh, on the perimeter, especially, but maybe this signals that Giannis is going to be used there as well. And, you know, the other thing that's going to be, I, for me, most interesting to monitor defensively, especially early on, is we've heard from Adrian Griffin, their defense is going to be different in the sense that they want to create turnovers and they're going to try to pressure the ball a little more. That's something you didn't see under Bud. Javon Carter would have fit very nicely with that type of defense, but how does Damian Lillard fit into that? And do we see any growth there? Because, you know, Dame's played on some bad defensive teams. I don't think he's as, as bad uh, as the numbers would dictate and as most fans think he is defensively. I'm not trying to say he's an all-defensive player, but he has some help with him now. So that's the other thing that I'm curious to see. 
playing in a more pressure style and knowing you have Brooke Lopez and possibly Giannis too back there roaming and, and defending the rim, how does that help Damian Lillard defensively? And there are some options there. They're not there's no locks there, but you asked the question about the health of Chris Milton. Does he have a little bit of a bounce back defensively? Jay Crowder is a complete unknown at this point. Pat Connaughton, probably another guy that needs a bounce back season after some health stuff last year. And then, you know, obviously people will throw out Marjon Beauchamp, but we'll see where he fits in the rotation. The Bucks do have a question about who's going to be the fifth starter at this point. So I just think there's a lot of questions for this team at the moment, which is cool. It's fun. It's exciting. We haven't really had this with Bucks basketball for the last few years. And ultimately, you've got Damian Lillard on your team. So I think you feel pretty good about it. But let us know in the comments, do, I, do you think that there is any risk here? I suggest Bucks fans are probably going to say no. I think everyone's still riding the high of this trade. But I think as the weeks go on, we see some preseason basketball early in the season. There's going to be some questions that need to be answered. And we'll have plenty of new stuff to break down which should just mean that the start of this regular season is going to be far more exciting than what it has been the last few, which at the very least I'm excited to watch. I think you raised, you elevated your risk just because of the draft capital, but I'm with you of, you know, I don't care about what's going to happen seven years from now. As long as we have this guy, let's try to win now. Um, But you've also raised the reward level too, that I I think Damian Lillard makes you, and and certainly they, they feel that way in Vegas as well, but Damian Lillard, makes you a much stronger title contender. And it's not a knock on Drew Holiday. It's just how dynamic he is offensively and fixing some of those issues that have, have kind of haunted the Bucks for years. So there, there certainly is risk, but I think it comes with a lot of potential reward as well. And I know it's a conversation you'll get into, um, not on this show, but in the coming weeks, but in terms of that fifth starter, I know we, we assume it's going to be Pat. It'll probably be Pat early, but I really think... This opens the door for Marjan Bochamp because when when you've got those four guys already and and Dame and Giannis especially, but then you add Chris as the third scorer, Brooke Lopez is still capable of giving you 20 points. It's a lot of offense, and that's going to be guys eating a lot. That that fifth starter, all you're going to have to do is hit open shots and play defense. So to me, that seems like this is a big opportunity for Marjan Bochamp. It is a big opportunity, but you said all you have to do is hit open shots and play defense. And at this point in time, that's still a question mark for a young player in Marjan Bochamp. But that's an exciting opportunity. We've said all along, if he's a guy that can break into the rotation and be an every night player, uh, then that's great news for the Bucks, not only this season, but moving forward as well. So uh, that's the that's the thing. There's lots of questions with this team. We're going to continue to try and answer them on Locked On Bucks, but we appreciate all the feedback. Drop your thoughts, comments, and suggestions for shows over the next few weeks. As I said, two podcasts yesterday, one with Camille, one with Frank on the Damian Lillard trade. I'm going to do a crossover with Locked On Blazers here in just a little bit, so uh, make sure you keep up to date with all the content. If you subscribe and turn notifications on wherever you're listening or watching to the show, uh, you'll know exactly when the next episode drops. So we appreciate it. For Kane, Justin... Continue to enjoy the Damien Lillard trade. We'll speak to you tomorrow.